The mortgage industry never stays still. With interest rates moving, companies changing, and regulation increasing, there's always another story. This is The Principle, where we break it down daily and take a deeper dive into the issues. I'm Christine Stewart, Editorial Director for the Mortgage News Network. Let's pay it down. But first, a word from our sponsors. Mortgage Women Magazine. It's where women's voices are heard. Find it free at www.mortgagewomenmagazine.com. Companies across the mortgage industry are downsizing, and those who still have jobs are trying to drum up business. So it's easy to feel overwhelmed. But how do you avoid drifting into quiet quitting? Welcome to The Principal. I'm Mike Savino, head of multimedia for the Mortgage News Network. Today, I'm joined by Rebecca Tay. She's an NMP insider and lead researcher for Resume Genius. Rebecca, thanks for joining me. Oh, yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. And and before we get into this conversation about how to avoid quiet quitting, maybe it's a, little, a good idea to talk about what quiet quitting is, because I think most people... You know, quiet. I mean, quitting isn't quiet. Obviously, you want your bosses to know you're doing it. So, what does it mean to to quiet quit? Yeah. So it's it's really a spectrum of things. Um, and at, at one end of the spectrum, it's you you know just do only what you're assigned to do and no more. And then on the other spectrum, it's really having kind of like a really negative attitude towards your job and. Um, you're kind of checked out. You're not engaged anymore with your work. And and if you're somebody who doesn't care about your job, but you're obviously you're still in your career, I would imagine that's still problematic. Um, you know, why why should workers not want to quiet? Yeah. So I think, um, as I mentioned in the article, it's kind of um, you're going to feel not very happy, um, and it's going to be kind of a self fulfilling prophecy. So if people around you see that they're not going to want to, you know, promote you or give you more different opportunities. Um, so it, it's kind of limiting yourself. Um, so yeah, people should not want to quiet quit, even though in the short term, it really is for many people. And I think that's why it went viral on TikTok. It's a very um, short term way to just, you know, like I'm not buying into hustle culture. Uh, and how do you, you, I think you bring up, you know, there's obviously a TikTok trend and there's a lot of conversations about, as you said, not buying into the the hustle culture. And you you mentioned in your your um, article about studies that find certainly Gen Zers, um, you know, they don't, they don't see money success and career success the way maybe older generations did, where it's really kind of critical to their, their identity. Um, how do you sort of then identify you've quiet quit as the maybe I'm just burnt out for a little bit, but, you know, if, if I take a week of being, you know, maybe not most productive at work, I can recharge myself and, and I'll be good. It's just a week, a rough week. How do you sort of know you, you've slipped towards quiet quitting? Yeah, I think it's definitely a, a chronic thing. So I, in the article, I had some suggestions of like things that you can slowly change before you quiet quit. And if that doesn't fix how you're feeling, then it probably is time to real quit. Um, so yeah, I mean, everybody has bad weeks. Um, I think it's like, if, if you, um, it's more kind of like a feeling more than, I know a lot of burned out 
is like, I'm like physically tired. I can't think anymore about work. Um, but if you're also feeling like, you know, I just can't bring myself to go to work. Um, and like, I'm just like looking at the clock then, um, for extended periods of time, I would probably say that it's some, it's time for somebody to quit. And, and forgive me if you can hear my dog, he's drinking a little water in the background, <laughs> but, um, how do you, what, what are some tips you get, you might have for people to avoid quiet quitting in the first place to avoid getting to that level where they're just checked out, but they're not moving. Mm, yeah. So I think a, a lot of it is, um, talking with your manager, um, and, before you can go into that conversation, you kind of have to know like, what is making this work situation? Um, I mean, not ideal because no work situation is going to be hundred percent ideal, but what is making this um, a little bit unmanageable for me uh, from either a mental or physical standpoint. Um, and once you understand, like, is it is it too high expectations? Is it the work is too monotonous? Is it like this not a good fit for me? Like, should I be in a different department? Um, and then once you've kind of like written out all those things and you kind of understand why, like sometimes from just looking at your list, it'll be pretty clear. Like, oh yeah, I shouldn't, maybe, maybe I should, shouldn't be in this sales job if I don't like um, interacting with people. Um so once you have that conversation with yourself and then you can bring it to your manager um, and see what they're willing to do. One, one of the things you, you talk about is, you know, if, if you see a lot of overtime coming your way, sort of understanding or, or thinking about, is this overtime necessary or is it because maybe an assignment was thrown to me late or someone else is not doing their work and I'm picking up the slack? How, how do you, so how do you, um, set those boundaries, particularly thinking of, of mortgage originators um, in a field where, you know, you, you, there's pressure to be there if your clients call you at six o'clock because I have a question or seven o'clock when maybe you're, you know, at home having dinner. How do you, how do you strike that balance in a field where maybe there aren't a nine to five hour? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, and there's a, a professor um, who he also writes in time management. Um, and I, 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 I follow him. And so I really, um, I like his views and um, his standpoint is um, a lot of times clients and things, they want clarity. So even if you are not like on your email 24 seven, um, if you, if you tell people like, I'm going to be checking at these defined times, um, so the, the author is Cal Newport, by the way, sorry, I forgot to mention that. Um, and that can just let them know that like, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to check like after dinner or I'm going to check um, like this time in the morning. Um, so giving them clarity so that they know that they are going to be responded to, but you don't have to be like eating dinner and <laughs> checking your emails. Um, so that's, that's one thing. And, and yes, all, always with these professions where it's more fluid, where you can't really check out the tendency for burnout is going to be a lot higher. So the suggestion is really to like move with the seasonality. If you can take like breaks where like, you know, like I'm just on vacation and just really uh, lean hard into that. And then you'll be ready for when you want to come back to work and it's going to be more uh, high pressure. You also stress the need to, um, 
you know, pushback if you're given assignments that aren't sort of your, you know, defined role in, in your, in your uh, job, but particularly when, you know, maybe people are worried about a recession, they're worried that, Hey, if layoffs come, I might be on that list because I'm saying, no, how do you, how do you set boundaries and, and how do you stick by them to make sure that you're not getting burned out because you feel like you're doing other people's job? Yeah, I think that that was a big problem. A lot of there was a lot of turnover. People were leaving because of the great resignation. And then the people who were left were like, oh, I have all this stuff on my plate. Um, so the my suggestion, and it, this is something that is difficult for me, but um just from what I was researching, it's really um it's really good to kind of articulate back to your manager or supervisor being like, okay, you've given me this. Um, so I'm going to do like kind of like read back the priorities. And so then you can kind of say like, well, this thing you assigned me is lower priorities. So let me check in with you that it's going to be okay that this is going to actually shift to not getting done because you've, you've put on this thing, which you said is higher priority. Um, and of course, if, if you have the ability is if you can delegate to somebody else, I know that's, <laughs> that's not necessarily always fair to them, but if like, if they're, um, if that's part of their role too, is to work under the you, then you should really take full advantage of that. Um, yeah. So it is, it is a, a, it's a hard line to walk between like, you know, the, your boss wants it done, but you don't have unlimited time or energy. And I think that I think the, the point about having having a boss set priorities is because it, it then it puts the onus on them to say what needs to be done now, some guidance on how to manage your time, but what, and also obviously suggesting, hey, my yeah, I can't do all of these things at once. They, they, there has to be a pecking order. Um, an, another uh, piece of advice you give that I think is really good because it helps structure some of these conversations is you spell out this dear man technique. What is what is dear man, and and how can people use it if they have to? maybe talk to their boss about feeling overwhelmed or, or needing a change. Yeah. So dear man is a acronym um, and it comes from psychology and it's really just this idea that, you know, your manager is a person, you're a person. Um, and even though people are sometimes working in high pressure corporate or medical environments, um, the way that we have conversations is pretty much all the same. Um, so you, the, Acronym stands for describe your problem, express your feelings, assert what you need. And then I think it's really important is, so it's reinforced gratitude, but that's basically thanking the person, you know, for hearing me out. Um, be mindful of staying on point, appear confident and negotiate as needed. Um, so really it's a dialogue, but I think one of the most important letters of that acronym um, is that you have to describe the problem first because I think a lot of times your manager, they they just see what they're giving you. They don't see what's going on in your head and they don't see like the behind the scenes work that you're doing. Um, and they don't know everything that you're doing on the computer or in your day-to-day -day job. Um, so just give them a chance to stand in your shoes. Um, and then also being assertive, which like we kind of talked about earlier about setting boundaries. Um, that's where you kind of like ask what you're, what you're looking for and you make it really clear. Of course, you don't want to do anything too unreasonable. Like, you know, like I want one year of paid vacation. Um, and then, yeah, really just these final letters are really, um, you know, it's an ongoing dialogue. We should 
stay on point um, to have a productive conversation. And this is usually a lot in um, used in psychology if people are, you know, having to have difficult conversations or it's an already tense relationship. Um, but I think even if you have a really great relationship with your boss, it's always a good procedure to follow. Yeah. And, and, and if you're in an environment where there's maybe multiple bosses, like that, that first line of the D describing your problem, part of your problem might be, I didn't even know someone else was giving you another project. So <laughs> You know, realize, like you said, they don't know what's going on in your head and they don't necessarily know what's going on in your calendar as well. Um, and of course, you you bring up the fact that, you know, as you're, as you're working through this problem, you may need to be prepared to quit. And that's going to come at different points for different people based on what they're looking for, what the what the problems are and, and what the how difficult the solution might be. So it's not as if obviously this is, you know, there's one criteria for quitting, but I guess just what what are some things people need to think about as they're trying to s sort this out? And, you know, this is beyond saving and I need to get out of here and find a job that's going to reinvigorate. Yeah, I think um, one thing is like going back to what were your motivations for originally applying for this job in your mind? Was it always something that, you know, I'm just going to stay for a little while or or is this a career that really excited you? And if, if it was um, the latter, then you can be like, yeah, maybe I should um, try and tweak things um, in my work life to maybe get back to that original starting point. Um, and then I think um, if you've uh, talked to your manager and, you know, like things aren't really going to change, then even if you want to change, um, but the environment is not conducive, um, that might also be a signal for you to quit. Um, and I think a lot of people will probably have the, the job economy in the U.S. is I think people are like, oh, are we teetering? Um, a lot of people in 2022 predicted we would have a recession. Um, and then there were a bunch of tech layoffs. Um, so I think people are unsure now. Um, it's no longer as strong um, of a uh, candidate's market anymore. Um, but I think if it really isn't, right for you if if you've been feeling burnt out and you feel like quiet quitting for some time um even yeah then it, it's probably time uh, to find a new job and there's lots of ways to rescale or change careers and lots of people have done that since the pandemic so there's there's hope yeah that's that's uh that's a good point too we, we can end it on that that um you know maybe maybe you thought this was your your dream job but what you find out is i actually don't like this field and it's it's not the employer it's just i don't like it uh you can always learn a new skill and, and find a new job especially if you're uh, a younger professional rebecca thank you so much for your time no problem thanks mike you can read all of Rebecca's tips in the current issue of NMP Magazine, available at nmpmag.com. We'll be right back with the rest of your headlines. The Originator Connect Network, the nation's largest producer of mortgage events, is about fostering a community founded on professionalism, collaboration, and personal and professional growth, connecting you to the story of your success. Welcome back. Here's your headlines for today, February 6th. In an exclusive interview, Rocket Pro TPO Executive Vice President Mike Fawaz says the company is planning to pay legal fees for brokers who break United Wholesale Mortgage's pledge. Since 2021, UWM has threatened to fine brokers who work with the company for each loan that they send to Rocket. 
the company followed through with a $2.8 million bill to America Moneyline. In other news, a federal judge dismissed a CFPB redlining lawsuit against Chicago-based lender Townstone Financial. CFPB says that Townstone discriminated against prospective borrowers with comments on a radio show and podcast hosted by the company. The agency's lawsuit, for example, notes a Townstone employee saying police were the only thing keeping the south side of Chicago from, quote, turning into a real war zone. But a judge says that the Equal Credit Opportunities Act doesn't offer the same protections to prospective applicants as it does for actual applicants. Townside pointed out in a statement that no one has ever filed a complaint against the company for its comments. This has been The Principal, a Mortgage News Network podcast. All podcasts are produced by T.G. Kutamperor, Matthew Mullins, and Sarah Woolock. Mike Savino is head of multimedia, and Christine Stewart is editorial director. The opening theme was Status by Jamie Bathgate, and the music you hear now is Glossy by Skygates. You can find episodes of The Principal at www.mortgagenewsnetwork.com, or you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate and review so that others can find us. Thanks for listening.